In a few weeks, we're going to get a new nuclear posture review from the President of the United States. By all accounts, it's going to be a very disappointing document. I haven't seen it. No one outside the administration has. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody who's told me what's in it, but the, the word is it's going to be very disappointing. Basically, it's going to be Trump light. Basically, the nuclear posture that was designed by Donald Trump four years ago and a group of nuclear hawks minus a couple of weapons that might be canceled, like the, the B-83, the last remaining over one megaton bomb that we have. We'll, be, we'll get some tweaks to nuclear use, but nothing fundamental. Basically, the stream of programs is going to continue. The over $60, $70 billion a year we spend on nuclear weapons and related programs is going to continue. Uh, no new arms control agreements. This, it's basically going to be a status quo document. Nothing like the policies that President Joe Biden actually believes in. We know he's got a long record as being a champion of nuclear restraint and arms control. Those policies, those views are really not going to be in this document. And I want to talk a little bit about why. And I hope to have conversations with people on this platform, this Conversation 6 platform, over the next couple of weeks that develop these ideas more. But basically, I believe we're in a, a, a new period of sort of nuclear hysteria that's like the hysteria we faced in the 50s, 60s, and 70s when we thought the Soviet Union was going to threaten us with a first strike that could destroy us and knock out all our weapons. And the response of America was to build a whole bunch of new weapons to counter that. That's the kind of posture we're, we're in today. But it doesn't have to be. We don't need to repeat the mistakes of the past, and yet we're doing so. And the reason is that nuclear posture today is driven not by sound strategy, but by a combination of primacy, politics, and profits. That is, by those who see nuclear superiority as a necessary tool of U.S. global dominance, by those who use nuclear security as a wedge issue in partisan politics, and by a small but very powerful clique of arms corporations who realize vast profits from manufacturing and maintaining these deadly arsenals. I think it's these drivers, not strategic necessity, that keep nuclear weapons as one of the three great crises that threaten destructions on a planetary scale, along with climate change that can destroy human civilization over the decades and pandemics that can destroy it over the years. Nuclear weapons can destroy all humanity has created over the millennia in an afternoon, and yet we don't talk about it. It's the easiest planetary threat to prevent if we have the political will. But we're not going to get that political will. And basically because of politics, both domestic and, and geopolitics, the president and his team don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to give the allies any reason to question U.S. resolve. They don't want to have fights with the Republicans who will use this as a wedge issue to portray the president as being weak. They don't want to go up against the Democrats in Congress and the Senate and the House who benefit from contracts and the jobs they produce in, in their states. This is a real shame, and it, but it's not rare. Nuclear posture reviews consistently fall short of the views of the presidents they are supposed to represent, basically because they're written by those with the most stake in maintaining and expanding current nuclear programs. The Pentagon holds the pen. 
There is token participation of other departments and agencies and no fiscal constraints. Nobody asks, how are we going to pay for this? It's a given. And any who oppose the status quo are mocked, isolated, and pushed aside like former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Leonor Tomero. And this is why the Biden NPR will make only minor tweaks to the budgets and programs inherited from the Trump administration rather than reflecting the strong arms control and nuclear reductions positions he has himself has long championed. And it'll be supported by Congress. Let's be honest. Most members base their votes on the politics, whether they fear that opposing a nuclear weapon will make them look weak, or on the money, the desire for economic benefits and contracts to the state. And, and, and worse, unlike many government offices, there's no ban on direct and generous contributions to these members from the arms corporations who most profit from congressional decisions. How the weapons will be deployed, what the consequences will be of their use, and how many weapons are needed are remote considerations. This is not the way it should be. Uh, President Biden has a chance, for example, to prevent the next president, it could be President Trump, from having the unilateral authority to launch nuclear weapons whenever he wants, for whatever reason he wants, and to do that instantly. He could change those policies of first use, of sole authority, of launch on warning. This is his chance to prevent a nuclear catastrophe four or five years hence. I wish he was going to take that opportunity to change those policies. I fear that he is not. Stay with me, and I'll be con continuing this conversation with other experts in the very near future. Thanks for listening.